Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Jamie Beasley. She is the executive director at the Pushmataha County Chamber of Commerce in Oklahoma. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dane. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. I was just saying congratulations on your, what is this, your 31st day? Yeah, my 31st day as the director. So one month. I made it. I'm excited. Congratulations. Yes, yes. And this is Thank your you. first job in the industry. Yes. So straight out of the gate, I'm in over my head. Wow, that's phenomenal. So when you signed up originally to uh, be a, a guest on the show, you were um, doing the master's program at the, what was it? The um, University of Southern uh, Mississippi. University of Southern Mississippi, right? Mm -hmm. The economic development master's program. I just interviewed um, the, Dr. Miller. the dean of that program. Yes, just, uh, I think it was last week. I don't know when this will come out in relation, but yeah, I just interviewed him. And so that was very interesting. Um, but you were doing that program and this is not your first rodeo. You're a sort of uh, mid-career, sort of made a, made a change. Um, yes. From what I understand from, from the legal profession? Um, I spent several years in the legal profession and then transitioned into a virtual assistant working with a variety of different industries and then wanted to do something bigger uh, mm -hmm. that would impact more people than just like one business owner or a handful of business owners. And I don't even remember how I came to economic development as the solution, but somehow or other I did. And then I found the program at USM, which as far as I could tell was the only one, uh, master's program at least, and mm -hmm. jumped in and it's been great. I'll graduate in December and yeah, here I am. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes, that's phenomenal. So um, while you were doing that program, you were looking for a job and obviously, yes. um, obviously it was a challenge. How long did the, did the job search take for you? A year. A full year. Okay. Full year. I started looking the moment I started school. I started looking for jobs in the economic development industry. And I was looking for entry level jobs because I understand I don't have experience in the industry, although I have years of experience before. And I, I think, not that I had anybody specifically tell me this, but I just got the impression from things that people said that I basically fell in this weird place where I didn't have the experience for 
like the specific economic development experience for these even mid-tier jobs. So I was applying for administrative assistant within economic development departments or organizations, but I'm also in the master's program. So people, the hirings people know I have no intention of staying as an administrative assistant. That is not why I'm doing this, but that's what they're hiring for. And understandably, they don't want to hire me. And then a year later, I move up and they have to hire again. So basically, I'm underqualified for the mid-tier jobs and overqualified for the, like, entry-level jobs. And so, yeah, it took a year. And it took going completely outside. Yeah, it was going completely outside of anything I had imagined when I started to find this job. So did you want to, you know, was it a requirement that you stay in Oklahoma or were you looking everywhere? For me, it was a requirement to stay in Oklahoma because my youngest son is in his last year of VOTEC and I didn't want to take him away from that program because ordinarily, yes, economic developers move all over the place throughout their career uh, from state to state. And I'm not opposed to that, but I just couldn't do that right now. So... I had sure. to stay within Oklahoma, and that's yes, seriously limited my my opportunities. Well, you landed there in uh, Pushmataha County. Um, so, for our listeners who don't know, can you tell us kind of where that is and and what's special about that? Pushmataha County is in the southeastern corner of Oklahoma. It is very close to Texas and Arkansas. It's closer to Texas and Arkansas than it is to like Oklahoma City and Tulsa, which are our two major cities. And it's very, very rural and it's very poor, but there's a lot of love here. Like they love their community. They they want to see their community prosper and there's a lot of drive to do that, which is really exciting. And so I'm really looking forward to being a part of that and grateful that as an outsider, they are allowing me to be a part of that. Because, you know, there's some places where they're like, if you're not from here, then we don't want you. And that hasn't been my experience here at all. Or like, all hands on deck. We want everybody, you know, working on this. So it's it's been really good. That's phenomenal. So what were the, uh, you know, what were your marching orders? What did the board tell you to do first? The... Working on the main street. Um, So we're actually the county chamber, and there's three towns in this county. I mean, there's a number of unincorporated districts, but there's three towns. And we want to bring all the towns together. And so that's kind of part of my job because they typically haven't worked together. So it's like, let's get everybody on this boat. But the office is located in Antlers, which is the county seat. And all of the chamber members and board members are antlers, you know, in antlers. Mm-hmm. So their first specific project was the Main Street. Like, we want to, you know, it's, it's a little rundown and it needs some work and some love. And, well, they have the love, but it needs some work. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's been, was my first specific project to work on is getting grants for paint or street lamps or you know stuff like that so kind of working on that but also reaching out to the other communities to see what they need and how we as a chamber can support them so it's been a busy busy month i bet i bet so 
has it been what you expected? Is this what you thought economic development was like when you were, um, you know, just starting your master's program? Maybe I don't know about when I was just starting, but as I went through the like the last year, it really is true to what they taught. It's just different experiencing it rather than no, you know, like being told this is what it's like, and then you're in it, and you're like, this is what it's like, but it's a lot harder, <laughs> you know, when you're actually in it and doing it and it's you know relationship building is huge and they teach that in the in the program and politics and interpersonal stuff is huge and they teach that in the program but it's one thing to hear it that this is something you'll deal with and then it's another thing to get in there and actually try and do it so right. <laughs> I, I, I imagine that's uh yeah, that's that's a huge challenge. So do those other little cities, do they have chambers of commerce or other little civic organizations that are very territorial or is it it's just sort of open and wide open and ready? Well, there's so there's basically the county is divided, unofficially divided into the north end and the south end. Uh, no other community has currently has a chamber of commerce. It's just the north end has, uh, because there's like a 45-minute drive between these two cities, they have been a bit territorial. and But mm -hmm. I think I think everybody's kind of ready to come together. You know, I think it's, they've got some new, new, kind of new blood on their city council. And, and Antlers has some new blood on their chamber council. And so I think everybody's ready to come together and like, all right. How can we make this work for everybody? How can everybody benefit? And what do we need to do to bring those benefits to our to our community? So it's wow. challenging. There's nothing like working <laughs> in in a little community. It's uh, yeah, it it has its own set of unique challenges and uh, opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I actually really when I as I was going through the master's program, I knew I wanted to work in a small community because. In the large cities, you do like you're in one department, you do one thing and you get really good at that one thing. But that's all you do is that one thing. Whereas in a small town, you do everything. Your hands are in everything and you learn about everything. And it's just it's really fascinating and it's a challenge and it's never, ever, ever boring, which is important to me. <laughs> so I really like working with the small towns. That's great. Now, before you got the, the job and while you were, you know, in the middle of your year-long job search, you were uh, leaning on your, on your virtual assistant business. And you said that, yes. um, what did you say? You said that you niched down to independent economic development consultants. So tell us yes. about that. Well, I had been doing virtual assistant for like six years and very much a generalist. But I was in the economic development program and I was loving what I was learning. But I also recognized that I needed to you know, get real world experience or work with people who have real world experience and learn from, you know, that. And so I had decided, yes, to niche down into independent economic development consultants because, you know, they're small. They're like one man, two man shops. And a lot of times they need administrative help, but they don't either have the funds 
or the, you know, whatever for a full-time assistant. So virtual assistant. So that was my plan. And then I got this job and the plan went out the window. Well, that's good. Yes. So the, the best laid plans. Yeah. Yes. They, they go right out the window yes, when they sure. you know meet reality. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. So, well, uh, I do still think there's a niche for that. Yeah. Did you, did you find some economic development consultants that you thought might, you know, need this service? Um, I only got to the point of meeting with one um, that I thought would need, well, that did need this service, but it wasn't the right time for him. Sure. And, you know, yeah. And so he's like, reach back out to me this summer. And, and then by, you know, this summer yeah, right. I had this jobs. Job. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it just, didn't didn't work out but like i said i still think there's a niche there if there's any virtual assistants out there that want to work in economic development i think there's there's a need yeah and i think uh the other direction is probably interesting to know you know for for economic developers in a small even in a small a very small town like like you are but maybe they have a, a, a little bit of additional funding maybe they you know have some budget but they don't they don't need a full-time other person in the office maybe a virtual assistant would help in those situations yeah no i think you're absolutely right because i guarantee i could use a virtual assistant i mean i don't know that i could get one <laughs> approved but uh, yeah i i think there's absolutely a need for small towns that can't afford a full-time assistant or don't need a full-time assistant but they need something um right yeah i right. think that's an and so what idea. would that if you were just brainstorming what would that look like you know, what kind of work would they do and, and you know, how does that work? Mm -hmm. Well, like in my instance, it, my if I were to have an assistant, I would ask them to handle the social media, updating the website, uh, newsletters, answering the phone. I mean, I have a cell phone, so I can answer the phone, but if I'm, you know, sometimes I'm in meetings or, you know, whatever, so they I could forward calls to them or, you know. Um, mm -hmm. but mainly all the computer work, like spreadsheets, updating spreadsheets, or just anything that needs to be done on the computer, it would be great to be able to have an assistant to do that so that I can be out talking to business owners, talking to community leaders, talking to just regular people who have thoughts on what they want to see their community do or how they, where they want to see it go. Uh, that's the part that I really love, and I think that's the part that most economic developers love, is the being out and about and trying to get things done. But since it's just me, my time is split between that and doing the administrative stuff. And it would be great to be able to say, hey, we need to put this up on the website, this event, or we need to schedule a ribbon cutting and send out a, an email to all of our members. Things like that would be fantastic to have. To have somebody else to do. Right. To have someone else to do that. Just those, mm -hmm. you know, a few hours, a, you know, a week or whatever, whatever yep. it takes to just handle those kinds of things. Absolutely. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And I'd imagine that uh, virtual assistants are always looking for more, you know, oh, more yeah. work. So oh, yeah. I would imagine that. And there's. That's very a, interesting. Yeah. And there's a million little towns. So right, like there's no, a million no shortage. All, yeah, no shortage yeah. of potential clients. Oh, 
Yeah, well, this might be an idea. You might have. I, mean, I hope somebody takes that else. and runs with it. Yeah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> I love that. That is phenomenal. Oh, you told us about. Uh, you linked to the website. Give me the website. Strategic doing. What is strategic doing? So I haven't. I've read the book and I follow. And I know I can't even remember the author's name, and that's awful. The creator's name. Um, uh, Edward Edward Morrison, I think. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. It, 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 you know, strategic planning is huge. It's huge in business. It's huge in chambers and cities. And, and so many businesses, places, and whatever, they create a strategic plan. And then it just, it, that, it's like a business plan. It just sits there and nobody really follows it and nobody really does anything with it. And strategic doing is much more about bringing everybody together to come up with like specific actions that we need to take to achieve this goal. We've decided on this goal and not a million goals, like one or two goals. And it's more short term than, you know, five or 10 years out. Like, and this is my understanding of, I haven't taken the training. They have training on it, but then you, you decide these are the you know, three things we're going to work on this month. This person is going to work on this, this person that, you know, and it all is assigned. And then you do those things. And maybe you have one person who kind of checks in with everybody throughout the month. And how is it going? Do you need any help? And then you come back in 30 days, everybody does a report and you're like, okay, what do we, what's the next step to get to where we're trying to go? And so it's a much more, it's about doing. And that has been a huge frustration to me, not necessarily here, but just in general, it, any any place where you have more than like three people is actually doing the things that we talk about doing. And that is what strategic doing is about, is taking those steps to to actually do the things. And so that is why I loved it. There is a train where you can become like a strategic doing facilitator that I very, very desperately want to take, but it's kind of expensive. So until then, I just, I read the book and I try to implement it as I can. Oh, so that's so interesting. I had never heard of that. Until you mentioned it. So, yeah, that's good. Oh, check it out. Everybody should check it out. I will. Strategic Doing, yeah, by uh, Edward Morrison. Yes, excellent. Thank you, yes. And then um, something else I want to ask you, because you, since you were a virtual assistant, you are probably super organized because, you know, being yes. a virtual assistant, you got to keep keep on top of all kinds of different things. What, what are your secrets? You know, what can you teach us? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, like I live and die by my calendar, everything, I mean, not just appointments and meetings, but tasks go on my calendar. Everything is color coded, like meetings are red, um, things that it would be nice to go to, but I don't necessarily have to go to are purple. Webinars are like this weird pink color. Um, tasks are blue. I mean, just that, like that, that's how I keep track. And that doesn't mean that I, you know, always follow it, but it's there. So I know. And if I miss, I don't get something done, I can move it to the next day. And then documents or anything like this, Google files, or, or I mean, you can do it on your computer, but like then if your computer crashes, so whether it's Dropbox right. or Google Drive or whatever, File folders. Everything goes in a file folder. Everything goes on your computer and everything goes in a file folder. Like as a virtual assistant was like the client and then under the client is the project. And then if it needs to be even more 
like subcategorized like that. But those were really the two things that that kept me on track was everything goes on my calendar and everything goes in a a computer file or a cloud on the cloud. Um, yeah. And then if you have a big project, breaking it down into like smaller, okay, well, this is where we need to get this done by this big deadline. So what do we need to do? Like, what are the milestones to that? Because otherwise I will wait until two days before the whole thing is due. And I'll be like, oh crap, I gotta, gotta get all this done. Right. And that's very stressful. And, you know, and then you tend to make mistakes because you're trying to like hurry through it. So it's like, break it down into bite-sized pieces and then schedule that, put that on your calendar. Those are my, I guess, top three tips. Oh, fantastic. Good. And that applies. Yeah. Right. To everything. That's, that's economic development. That's life. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm an absolute big believer in, uh, you know, write everything down on your computer and mm -hmm. store it and save it. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't go on your task list or your calendar, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I am. Cause my memory is not great. So I have to mm -hmm. have everything written down, like on, yeah. I mean, whether you use a paper calendar or an electric electronic calendar, just make sure it's on something that you're going to look at every day. So. Right. Yeah, no, we really need to take advantage of the tools that, uh, you know, that we have, paper calendars or computers or whatnot, to, to sort mm -hmm. of offload so much of this mental baggage that comes along with economic development. Uh, you know, there's so many... Uh, due dates and task lists and just a variety of activities that you have to keep and events and all that stuff that you have okay. to keep track of. And if you try to just hold it in your head, you know, for a week you can do it, but after that you can't. Oh yeah. No, not at all. And I mean, and it's not perfect because sometimes you so, you'll forget to put something on there, of course. but it, it really, really helps. And I think I find it because there's so many tools out there. It can be overwhelming. And if you have a dozen different tools or even half a dozen different tools, you can't keep track. But for me, it's the calendar and Google Drive. That's it. Yeah, right. You know, right. so it's just like keep it simple and, you, and you, it doesn't have to be complicated to work. No, but just use it, you know. Don't, yes, you do have to uh, Don't keep it. trying something new and all of that. Just, just mm -hmm. find something and use it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, Jamie, this has been uh, awesome. I am so glad that you got the job. I'm so glad that I got to interview you on day 31. Congratulations <laughs> again. Thank you very much. It was, was a lot of yeah, fun. I, well, I hope that I can check in again in, you know, six months or so and, uh, you know, see how things Absolutely. are going. I would love that. Yeah, for sure. Please Excellent. do. I will. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. Very nice to talk to you. Thank you, Dan. You too. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.